Longtime ally of the United States, the Kurds. Biggest group in the world that doesn't have their own country. Uh, are now trying to carve out their own country, and the Iraqis are saying, oh, no, no, you're not. And with U.S. weapons and with the help of the Iranians, our full-on enemy, they're taking on our ally, the Kurds. But when President Trump was asked about it the other day, he said, we're staying out of it, which a lot of you want to do. I know I look at the texts and all that sort of stuff. A lot of you want to stay out of these fights because they often... Don't do us any good. And while Jack's preliminary description was very good, it gets way more complicated than that when you're talking about the Kurds and the area they hope to uh, to run. So we appeal to Liz Slybe, Root Bureau Chief for the Washington Post, uh, for her insights. Hello, Liz. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. We mentioned the other day, uh, I recalled reading your article of roughly 13 months ago, in which you pointed out 10 possible wars that could result from the one going on. And sure enough, Kurds versus, you know, three or four different uh, parties appears to be taking shape. Um, yes, that's right. We've, as, you, as you described, the Kurds are now losing a lot of the territory they had claimed as their own to the Iraqi army, backed by Iranian backed militias, um, partly as a, mainly as a result of the independence referendum they had um, called. But I think this might have happened anyway, because the Iraqi government was not happy about the Kurds controlling Kirkuk. I think they would have gone for it anyway. Is there a possibility, is there any effort towards some sort of amicable settlement where the Kurds get a, a, a measure of self-determination, self-governance, etc.? Well, to tell you the truth, they already had a lot of that. And a lot of people do feel that the Kurds had a really, really good deal in the new Iraq. They had so much autonomy. They were independent in everything but name. Um, And now they've risked throwing all that away by trying to go for independence over the objections of the international community. And now they're at risk of um, losing more than they would have done if they just kept things as they were. I don't see how they gain from this. It's a very difficult situation. They have somewhat overreached by taking quite a lot of areas that are not technically part of the borders of Kurdistan under the Iraqi constitution. And they had occupied those partly as a result of the collapse of the Iraqi army in 2003, partly as a result of the um, flight of ISIS, um, um, of the defeat of ISIS in the most recent years. And now the Iraqi government is saying, we want that territory back, but it's all turned very sour. Blood has been spilled, tempers are high, and it's not a very forgiving and forgetting part of the world. Yeah, yeah. the, the Kurds and the Iraqis had been fighting together against ISIS up until really recently. Do you have people that were fighting together a month ago, fighting against each other now? Yes, and this was entirely predictable. Um, as I said in my column listing the... Um, the 10 new wars that could happen, and I had to leave some of the ones I saw out. And I wish I'd made it 13, 15, or 18 new wars. Because what you've done is you've gone into the Middle East where so many problems are not are outstanding, so many disputes, some of them dating back decades, some of them directly as a result of the uh, U.S. invasion of Iraq in 2003. And you've handed out weapons to all the factions willy-nilly without any regard for the politics in order to fight ISIS on your side. And, of course, now we're getting to the point where ISIS is nearly defeated and everybody's looking around and saying, those guys aren't, shouldn't be in that place, those guys shouldn't be in that place, and they're all trying to either gain more territory that they didn't have before or push people out of the territory that they gained that they didn't have before. 
Well, and the Western mind, I think, has gotten better at trying to understand sectarianism as opposed to, you know, the the political divisions that we deal with in democracies. But it's very difficult to find somebody who's a moderate, um, especially, as you say, when tempers are flaring like they are. Um, That's right. I mean, um, nobody is really a moderate. Everybody is fiercely committed to the interests of their sector ethnicity. And they're competing with others within their sector and ethnicity to be the ones to deliver that sector and ethnicity, the the demands, the goals, the the benefits, the rewards of whatever situation it is in. But there is no kind of politics that transcends sector and ethnicity. And this is the the biggest problem of the um, post-U.S. invasion Iraq is that there has been no politics. There There has only been dividing up the pie among people according to their sector and ethnicity. I heard somebody use the phrase the other day, the Arab Spring, which I hadn't heard in quite a while. What's the legacy of the Arab Spring? Is that just completely gone? Um, Yes, it's pretty much gone. I mean, what we've got is a sort of counter-revolution of dictatorship where we've seen Assad assert his authority over much of Syria in an extremely brutal and ruthless way. We've got um, Sisi in Egypt locking up everybody who opposes him on the smallest possible grounds. Um, I think that, that what the failures of all the governments in the Middle East show is that a new era is needed and that you do need a new kind of politics in the Middle East. And some people recognize that. But unfortunately, they are usually stamped out by the much more powerful voices of sex, ethnicity and um, or simply pure, ruthless lust for power. Right. So some of the countries from the Arab Spring are still in the midst of civil wars. You know, the Yemen's fighting it out and Libya's whatever it is. And then you've got in some places like Egypt, you've got as much of a dictator as you've ever had before. Yes. It's, um, things have definitely gone backwards from, they were, from what they were like in the Mubarak days. And people are living under much more political oppression there than they were when they went out onto the streets to demand democracy. Well, Liz, it will be both a pleasure and a curse to talk to you in the years to come as these things uh, slowly unwind themselves and perhaps continue uh, into perpetuity. (laughs) Liz Sly, Beirut Beirut Bureau Chief for the Washington Post. There is no better read about the Middle East than what Liz writes. Liz, thanks a million. Thanks so much. Good to talk to you. Thank you. I'm sorry, I was overwhelmed by hopelessness at the end. <laughs> Completely overwhelmed. Uh, listen, it's it's the title truth. of the the third volume of your biography. Yeah, autobiography. Yeah, yeah the, overwhelmed uh, by hopelessness. It's being edited right now. It's forty five hundred pages right now. <laughs> just just the third volume, and it probably there's it could probably get trimmed. Um, so so you've got dictatorships that go away and are replaced by bloodthirsty, uncompromising sectarianism based on various wackadoo interpretations of a certain religion. Um, a certain religion. And, and so in what sense is that progress? It's just, it's a horror. And then one of the reasons I'm constantly talking about this in terms of American politics, you people who want to make everything about race all the time and sect. Now, go for God's sake, do demand justice, demand equality, certainly your rights, demand less brutality, blah, blah, blah. But you people who constantly want to label everybody by their color, their ethnicity, etc., there's where it leads. All politics becomes sectarian. When? Every single time. You know, there are, well, there are some kind of sort of 
more or less exceptions, but only in places that have a long, long history of democracy. It's dangerous, I'm telling you. My people, right or wrong, is a dangerous thing. And she doesn't get into the to politics, um, but uh, Trump saying we're going to stay out of it the other day is interesting. Uh, John McCain, for instance, thinks that's a terrible idea. Of course, John McCain wants us to get involved in every country out there that has any strife whatsoever right? with U.S. troops and yeah. whatnot. It is pretty clear, though, that the Kurds uh, went a little nuts. They were smelling themselves, as an old boss of ours used to say, an expression I found distasteful yeah. then and, and still do. Yeah, um, he would listen to us and he'd say, boy, you guys are smelling yourselves today. I don't know about that thing you said about whatever. What does that even smelling mean? Smelling ourselves? What the hell does that mean, you weirdo? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the Kurds were, whatever it means, and, and probably went a little too far. And, and Well, it's a tough thing. They live in a rough part of the world. I, uh, who am I to tell them what to do? But man, they're as ugly as far as the eye can see in that part of the world. Speaking of tough, this is getting a lot of attention. Are you as tough as Ruth Bader Ginsburg? The RBG workout. That has been around for a couple of weeks now. Let's just run through that a little bit. See if you're as tough as the 84-year-old Supreme Court Justice. And why don't you send her in here with her bare fist and we'll see who's tough. You'd beat her down, huh? <laughs> Teach her a lesson. Well, you asked. You better know who's tough. You asked. I'm not sure that'd be good press. Well, as long as they spell your name right. <laughs> Joe Getty spelled G-E-T-T-Y. Beat up an old woman today. Beat up an ancient <laughs> cancer survivor. Not... Uh, good. That's right, Lance. <laughs> and a particularly small old woman. Uh, stay tuned for the RGB workout coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. It's in bookstores as of Tuesday, the RGB workout, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg workout. Super. She's the 84-year-old, 100-pound Supreme Court justice who has been doing this regular workout for uh, for quite some time. She's uh, doubled her bone density since the 90s, according to this. That's good. That actually is really good yeah, for oh, yeah. older folks. That's incredibly yeah. important. Yeah, I just I don't regularly measure my bone density. but That's your mistake. She's tan, according to... I got bones like Louisville sluggers. Very dense. Actually, they probably aren't very dense, are they? They break all the time. Uh, she's tan, according to her trainer. That is tough as nails. Oh, that's clever. Monday's workout showed that the justice keeps fit. It included chest presses and pull-downs, leg curls and extensions, donkey kicks and roundhouse kicks. What's, yeah. What's a you don- got to make that noise. Donkey punches. <laughs> no, no, no. They're all no, thinking it. Slightly the different. <laughs> No, the, the kick, kick is the, uh, when you're kicking up back this way. Oh, ah, yeah, it's the donkey good for kick. the glutes. Yeah. Exactly. How are your glutes? She's doing donkey kits. Hard, hardest by far that she can pull off, one-legged pistol squats. Oh, please. Which require great quad and core muscle strength I that, don't this, know that. that this reporter lacked, according to Richard Wolf of USA Today. Show me a one-legged pistol squat. Who can do one of those for me? Show me what that is. I believe I know, I know what it is. Thing. I'm yeah. going to make sure. I tried to touch my toes a couple of months back and was <laughs> hobbled for months. So I am not going to attempt a one-legged okay, pistol yeah, squat. It's not when you... Okay. Here, here goes, here goes, so it's one leg out. Sounds like one of those drinks you would have served. It's it's part like <laughs> squat, part yoga, right? So you do one leg out, and then you just kind of go all the way down. Go down as far as you can go. <laughs> he fell, people. He fell on he his is, ass. His balance is, is, is so, not what it should be. Are you supposed to go down and then come back up again? Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, wow. You, I, I would never be able to do... I, I wouldn't have the balance if I had the strength. Well, you, I have a feeling you go down just a little bit, then come back up again and try to increase your range until you're uh, leaping up and down like one of them Russian dancers. So how far do you think you can go right now, yeah. doing a one-legged pistol squat? I don't know, and uh, I'll never know, and neither will you, because I'm going <laughs> to keep sitting here. I don't feel like it. I'm not in the mood. You're not in the mood. I'm not in the mood to do squats. There have been a number of articles out recently about the importance of exercise and how that holds off all kinds of stuff. And it doesn't surprise me a bit. I think lack of exercise, it just sends it sends a message to our, uh, to our cells and to our brain and everything else. It's over. We've given up. Time to, to, time to call her good. Right. And just starts checking out. But if you get exercise, your brain, your body, everything, your immune system, it all feels like we're still in it. We're doing stuff. Get ready. Get down to business. It's uh, very, very important. Are you running the shutdown protocol or the run protocol? That's what it's all about. Good one. Thank you. I'm here all week. Of course, they had to mention right, I'll this. Do it. I'll try to do one. Joe's going to do a one-legged pistol squat. Uh, how'd that look? How far <laughs> down did you go? <laughs> did, did, like, did, yeah. like yay far? That's about how far I could probably go. I'm gonna... About an inch or two. Um, Get your hand off the table, cheater. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's, that's pretty good. Looking. I gave it about... Oh, four, four or five or six oh, inches. Let me try the other one now. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know, balance is a bigger issue than I thought it'd be. Yeah, it's those stabilizing core muscles. That's really what you're working out with that. Oh, oh the SCMs. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Right. But, of course, they had to sure. work this into the article. And she actually, there is actually a book out today, the RBG workout, or it came out Tuesday. Ah, do you need a whole book? But anyway, uh, they had to mention this in the article. Of course, this exercise is good news for millions of liberals who worry that the justice well-being during the Trump administration will blah, 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 blah. Mm. Had to become a partisan referencing Trump article, even when we're talking about an old person working out. Just had to do it. If she does croak it, she'll get replaced with somebody uh, conservative -er. I think we all get that. More conservative -er. I think we all get that, but did that that have to be included in 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 her workout? I think it's important to note. Mm. Looking so. at this page of all these people doing one-legged pistol squats is making me mad, so I'm well, going to close it. The thing about exercise, and uh, why would anybody take any advice from me on this, but if, if you do it regularly, it's not that hard. If you quit doing it for a long, long time, then it's really, really hard to get back into doing it. I'm going to do two-legged shotgun squats. So you, are people going like all the way down and all the way back up again, Sean? When you get really good, yeah. And yeah, these people are super flexed. Like their leg is perfectly straight out, you Shut up. show-offs. I hate you. <laughs> I hate all of you flexible people. I tell you what, I'd like to run at them and knock them down. Oh, yeah. How do you like that? E equals MC squared, bitches. That was a little mass hitting you, huh? How do you like that? Skinny? Huh? Hmm? Uh, so there, you got that. All right. <laughs> Moving along then. I need to I need to exercise more. And I don't have there's no good excuse. There is no good excuse for not getting some exercise. You don't you don't need a gym membership. You don't even need much time. The floor in front of your television or or before you go to bed at night. If you'd spend 50, if I if I would spend 15 minutes doing it, I'd be so much better off. One thing that I heard last week that I that I've been trying to remind myself of every day and I've been really good about exercising since I heard this is that it's not optional. Exercising is no, not it shouldn't be. optional. It shouldn't it, be. It, it, for, for a healthy, long life, it is not an option. Well, it's like Joe's always saying about being on a diet. You're on a diet? Well, you, you, should, you should be on a diet your whole life. You have you a re- diet. Yes. You have a plan for what you're going to eat. There's no time that it's a good idea to just eat crap and not care how many calories you're taking in. That's never a good idea. And certainly any time after age like 28, it's never a good idea. To have periods where you just don't care. It doesn't make any sense. It's not optional, like Sean just said. 
We, we treat it like it's optional to get no exercise and to just not even think about the fuel we're putting in our body. Mm-hmm. We all do that, but we're not all of us, but a lot of us. Mm. Anywho. But I'm still half-assing it on leg day, because screw leg day. I oh, yeah. That. Oh, yeah. You want to be big up here? Oh, yeah. The Glamour tiny, muscles. The tiny little legs. <laughs> And I want uh, I want the, the the at the beach bod. You know, you don't got to got the big legs and that. You're standing in the ocean most of the time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to make myself do it tonight. A few push ups, a couple of sit ups, a couple of leg lifts. Throw around the old medicine ball. I actually got a medicine ball for my son. We we really enjoy it. Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get into a some sort of fitness thing for, to, to, to try to figure out what to do. But I don't. I don't like joining groups, and I generally don't like groups of people. I don't want to go to some room where people are gonna annoy me. And you don't want to do it. Just do it at home alone. Yeah. You put I, on your leotard, you come out, and you're in front of the television. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I've taken my cue from ballet dancers. My leotard has a uh, tasteful codpiece <laughs> so that uh, more is left to the imagination. I just I appreciate a little decorum in my exercises. But uh, you made me think of the medicine ball. That's like for golf fitness. You know, having your core twisting and building up those muscles and stuff, that's that's really big. Oh, the sure. old medicine ball. Oh, sure. I don't have one. I don't know who I would hurl it to. I got one at Big Five. They're, 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 you can buy them anywhere. Yeah, and it doesn't take much. Yeah, you, but you, then, then what do I do with it? Who do I hurl it at? At this point in my life, and this might not be relate to if you're younger and fitter, but at this point in my life, doing anything yeah. would be good. Okay. If I do anything, just lifting it above my head five times a day would be better than nothing. Low bar. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, the, the percentage increase from doing nothing to yep. doing 10 Absolutely. minutes a day is such oh, a huge difference. Hell yeah. And, and, so much. And all studies show that. The difference between sedentary and a tiny bit of exercise is huge for you. Well, there you go. That's why poor Marshall tried to do 10 push-ups in a row and blew out his abdominal wall. <laughs> He's getting an operation, what is it, next week to take care of the Armstrong and Getty push-up challenge. Yes, indeed. That'll be uh, next Thursday. So I will be out for a few days, but I have been promised full recovery. And who knows what Joel will blow out when he attempts to eat a pound of candy corn on <laughs> Halloween. That's <laughs> blowout live on the air. <laughs> wow. Uh, do we, is there hope that you return to your uh, 10 push-up challenge? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of the reasons. Because we were currently at, am I correct, three? No, five, right? No. It was not five. five. It was not five. (laughs) At least five. (laughs) I think we were at three. No, I think it was at least, well, it was four. Well, you were my coach for the last one. If we're rounding, we're at five. Yeah. I think it like four and some change. How do you round a (laughs) push-up? He did three and then, like, knelt down for a while and then sort of did a fourth. <laughs> yeah. Michael? I agree, Joe. Can I get a witness? It's a momentary pause. <laughs> a Please. Prayer. Yes. The yeah. whole thing is in a row. <laughs> there was no row. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Oh, God. The controversy, the controversy about Trump's widow's call is not going away. Okay. Okay. We'll revisit that. The IRS well, warning. it's not going away because you and the liberal media keep reviving it, Marshall. Well, he tweeted back about it. Yeah. Oh, no. No, yeah. he didn't. Yeah. No, he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. IRS warning you'll still get fined if you don't have health insurance. And the Washington Post is warning... Sometime within the next few months, the heavens will come crashing down. Stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. That probably ought to be your lead. Yeah, I can't imagine what you're talking about. I'll stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Thanks for tuning in. We have a uh, little more infotainment and formation to 
send your way. Let's get the news headlines right now with Marshall Phillips. Well, it's not going away. President Trump denying accusations from a Florida congresswoman about what he said in a call to the widow of a soldier killed in Niger. That had a very nice conversation with the woman, with the wife, who is sounded like a lovely woman, and most people aren't too surprised to hear that. In a White House photo op today, Trump said he didn't say what Democrat Frederica Wilson is reporting. Now, she was with Sergeant LaDavid Johnson's widow when the president called this week. Wilson saying Trump called Maisha Johnson and said... He said to the wife, well, I guess he knew what he was getting into. I guess he knew what he was getting into. In what context? That's the whole key to the thing. In what tone of voice? What was right. The, this, this is all ridiculous. Well, it's ridiculous except for it's being discussed by practically everybody. Um, and in, and in, ho- in horrified tones. Right. In an earlier tweet, Trump called the uh, report a total fabrication. He wrote, Democrat Congresswoman totally made up what I said to the wife of a soldier who died in action, and I have proof, sad. But now the soldier's mother's confirming the report that Trump told her uh, her son that he knew what he signed up for. Kawanda Jones-Johnson says she's in the car when the Trump call came in, said the statement is true. She added that not only did he disrespect my son, but Trump was disrespectful to his widow. So now the family is coming into the uh, into the equation. Well, if the family says they thought the president was disrespectful, they get to say that. Yeah, certainly. The cowboy hat sporting publicity hound Congress lady. No, which... I don't her not so much. But all right, I'll hear what the family has to say. What Ca- do you What do you mean? In what way? Dis- well, if they felt disrespected, I guess they were disrespected. Contrary to widespread perceptions, the IRS still appears to be enforcing the unpopular Obama-era requirement that most people carry health insurance or risk a fine. The agency is saying it's going to automatically... It's a tax. It's not a fine. The Supreme Court ruled on that. The agency says it will automatically reject electronic returns for tax year 2017 that don't specify if the taxpayer had health insurance. Taxpayers are supposed to say whether they had coverage or they were eligible for an exemption, or if they will pay the tax. But every year, several millions skip over that. Yeah, So because, yeah. So anyway, the IRS... Because they can sign up for insurance yep. when they get sick if they want to. Yep. And it's cheaper to not. Because that was a dumb idea. It was a flaw in the whole idea. The Washington Post is reporting, sometime within the next few months, the heavens will come crashing down. The report is referring to China's first space laboratory, the Heavenly Palace, launched in 2011. But Sounds now, like a Chinese food restaurant. China! Does everything from China sound like a restaurant? <laughs> but now the 81-ton lab is expected to meet a fiery and uncontrolled end hurtling back down to Earth and crashing somewhere, anywhere on the planet. All right, Henny Penny, how likely is it that it survives the atmosphere? Oh, much of it will burn up, but uh, the uh, but Harvard uh, astrophysicists are saying a bunch of pieces weighing up to 220 pounds each are expected uh, to make it down to the surface of the Earth. That would hurt if it hit you on the noggin. Yeah, last year the Chinese confirmed they'd lost control of the space lab. It would re-enter Earth sometime between this month and next April. Look out! <laughs> Heads up! <laughs> and what? Stay loose! And- <laughs> And once it starts falling, we're only going to get a few hours warning. Well, okay. So so when it starts falling, there'll there'll be a big news like, whip, 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 falling Chinese junk. Whip, whip, whip. <laughs> What's the warning going to say? I mean, what what about reentry and everything? Is it going to be, 
debris equivalent to 15 cars is going to fall on the corner of 3rd and Main in Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> or what? They'll have some idea where in the world it is, I would imagine, right? They're saying it's really, it's really going to be doubtful. It's going to be hard to pin down. It's going to start coming back wow. in. It'll split apart. And they're not sure they can track all of, all the pieces that make it through wow. re-entry. So when we get the warning, we're all just going to be walking around with helmets on, looking up? Umbrellas. Just have a big umbrella. And lastly, the world's most expensive coffee is now available in Rancho Cucamonga in the IE in Southern California. Clatch coffee owner Mike Perry says his cafe is the only place in the U.S. where you can buy a cup. It's wow. going to run you $55 for an eight-ounce taste of heaven. <laughs> is this the uh, the, that weird cat thing pooped it out coffee? No, this is called Esmeralda, Esmeralda rather, Geisha Canaeus Verdes Natural. Oh, it's boy. grown on a hill. Shut up, us. It's, um, it's grown, on, grown parents, on a hill. If your parents didn't love you and didn't pay any attention to you, and right. you have a desperate need for affirmation, go buy some of this stuff and then talk about it to your friends on Facebook. Sounds like a man used to drinking coffee from the flatlands. <laughs> yeah, my, about this hill growing. My wife whips up a couple of Folgers for me every afternoon. As good as anything you can get. It's perfectly fine. Folgers yeah. instant. The owner of the <laughs> uh, the owner of the cafe says the cost of the beans, the insurance on them, and the air freight means that the $55 price tag will make it a break-even proposition for him. 55 bucks a cup. <sighs> that's, Please. that's a wrap. I got a nomination for the Chinese space junk to crush. That, that's a wrap. That's your news. <laughs> I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. Coffee bean insurance. What is this? Yeah, I know. I know. Stunt coffee. Stop it. So many people in the world that are fighting for their lives on a daily basis. Yeah, no kidding. And then we got this, and in in, in, we're lucky enough to be able to worry about these sorts of things. I know, you haven't lived until you had a cup of this coffee. This Chinese uh, junk falling out of the sky yeah. is something, though. That's that's not enough. Hopefully, you know, most of the earth is water, so yes. hopefully it'll be over the ocean. Yeah. Well, you remember uh, some years back when uh, the U.S. Skylab fell out of the sky, landed in part, partly in the ocean and partly in Australia. And did it hurt anybody? No, I don't think so. Okay. Just, That's it good. just went kablooey. Guy on a United flight had to be a United flight, didn't it? Drank too much and peed on his seatmate. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I, would, I would really hate that. Oh. Would you? Yeah, how about you? Yeah. Uh, so you got more and, details on that? Yes, actually, I do. Awesome. I do. You're thinking, well, the poor son of a gun, he got a little drunk. No, it's worse than that. Okay. Oh. The petering out on that story coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. So deal, details coming out from the actual family that Trump called. Saying they felt uh, like it wasn't cool? Yeah, yeah, they felt disrespected, and it was too casual, and okay, I wasn't almost like he was joking, and, and the widow cried as he hung up. He doesn't even know his name, something I don't even know. Yeah, yeah I, <clears throat> I, well, I wasn't trying to make the point that I thought it was impossible that he did this. I just wanted context before right. I, I yeah. jumped in. Yes, Sean? No, I, I, it, it seems very... You sound like Jimmy Fallon. It seems very likely that... Trump, he has demonstrated very little in terms of empathy and compassion. Like the the things that would be required to make such a phone call, I haven't necessarily seen him use those shots out of his bag in the no. past. No, I have no idea what you're talking. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, 
That's a pretty good metaphor. I have not seen those shots out of his bag. We have not seen that particular skill exhibited. Mm. You would think he has that in his personal life with what seem to be uh, some good kids and all that sort of stuff, but uh, mm, yeah. who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, is it possible these people were uh, super Trump haters and, uh, you know, the, the, just getting a call from him where they had their hackles up to start with? And riling each other up? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to criticize them. That's why no, I find this no, thing, no. Th- this whole thing so tawdry. You're, you're litigating the grieving of, of people who've lost a son in service of the country. I just hate it. I hate it on both sides. I hated Trump's braggadocio at the press conference the other day. Where that was, was a saying, bad thing. Yeah. I've, I, I'm, I've called more and, than others. I don't know what they did, but I've heard I was told they didn't. And that was just ridiculous. It was terrible. Yeah. And now this, yeah. and I just, I find the whole thing depressing. And now the sniping, the partisan sniping has begun. And it's over the grieving families of fallen service people. Well, and now the president calling the family of a fallen service member is completely an issue. Right. And so he either won't do it anymore or will do it bigger, better than ever before or, or something. read a script or something like yeah. that prepared by attorneys. And listen, this Congress woman, whatever her name is, who who came out with this news, decided to publicize it. That's a hell of a thing. Yeah. That's a hell of a thing to try to score political points, even if you are sincerely offended or outraged. That's not for you to do. It's an incredibly private thing. So, again, I just evidently nothing is below our nation's politics at this point. I find it all disgusting. But not as disgusting as being on a United Airlines flight from (laughs) L.A. to Newark. I mean, L.A. to Newark. It's a hell of a long flight. Sure. 3,300 miles, I'm guessing. Many, many hours on an aeroplane. Guy next to you is drunk. Really drunk. One Daniel Card uh, was on you. Uh, it doesn't matter the flight number. Traveling uh, back to New Jersey from LAX. I've been really drunk on a plane. I've never peed on anybody. According to uh, Fox News, as the five-hour flight prepared to take off uh, to... Uh, EWR, is that the uh, Newark uh, code, I guess? Uh, uh, Card alleges that the uh, drunk passenger next to him... Hmm. What were you picturing when I initially outlined the story for you? Uh, I'm picturing the guy um, just wets himself and it somehow gets on his passenger. Right. Falls like asleep, passed out, yeah. passed out right. And, and No, indeed. I'm going to read you something that I take no delight in, my friends. <laughs> I take no pleasure in reading to you what I'm about to read. Card alleges the inebriated passenger, quote, took out his penis and aimed it at Card and proceeded to urinate all over Mr. Card's leg while he was confined to his seat due to an imminent departure of the flight. Apparently, the passenger then passed out in his seat. Well, okay, the... I was confined to my seat due to an imminent... Okay, so you're getting ready to take off, and they tell you to put your seatbelts on. I'll do whatever I want to do if somebody's about to stand up and you whiz on me. Well, I'm not was, following the whole, the rules. I don't know that he stood up. I think he looked over. <laughs> the trouser snake was taking aim. 
He was belted in, and before he could do anything about it, by the way, he was already besmirched. It's clear to everyone you are not taking any delight in this by your giggling and... That's CB radio interference. That's not Joe. That's right. You just went under a bridge. I wasn't laughing. <laughs> uh, oh, God. You would fu- be so... And that was for the takeoff of a fireball flight. You'd think, oh, okay, now I've got urine-soaked and not my own urine. There's a big difference. I don't like walking around in urine-soaked pants if it's my own. But uh, <laughs> How someone, often does that happen, old some, man? <laughs> someone else's? That's a whole different story. Time for you to look into a, an undergarment. Fox says that car, car tried to wake up the passenger... But was unable to do so. so Post urination? Uh, yeah. Excuse me, Listen, sir. Listen, you son of a... Yes? No, excuse me, sir. You seem to have uh, urinated on me. Don't you stand up. Hey! Store to Sony. This guy just whizzed all over me. Don't you do that? Or yes. Do you, or do you try to wake up? Hey, excuse this me. drunken idiot just peed on me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Can I wake you up? Excuse me. <laughs> According to the lawsuit, the crew initially refused his request to move to another seat. But eventually moved him from the urine-soaked one he was in. He then had to endure the rest of the five-plus-hour flight to Newark in urine-drenched clothes. That'd be a tough call, even if they said you can get off the plane if you want. What, are you going to change your whole day or week or whatever based on that? Or are you going to sit there and... And again, it's someone else's urine. That's a whole different deal. Oh, Anybody who's been a child has had urine so close, but someone else's urine, that's a different uh, thing. Boy. He's a sick enough. Well, you could uh, go off the plane and, and go uh, do a little shopping. Miss your at flight. The various, right. uh, well, you get the next flight with a snappy new pair of pants and maybe a <laughs> sport coat there from the Johnson and Murphy or whatever. Pick and, up one of those handy 20-minute massages they got while you're waiting for the oh, next I one. Oh, I love that. Yeah. really loosens you up. Maybe go get a golf shirt and a <laughs> copy of Cosmopolitan and... <laughs> And a big bag of peanut M&M's and wait for the next flight. Did they kick off the, the pier? It doesn't say. They had to. You couldn't just leave him there. He's still asleep. They haven't been able to wake him up yet. And it must not have been a full flight if they were able to move him to a different seat and leave that one open. Yeah, you know what? It's funny. It doesn't... Let me uh, let me link to this. And what would that smell like? A soaked uh, seat? It smell like pee. Yeah. That's pretty probably a pretty good guess. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Let's see. Excuse me, sir. Sir? Sir, Shh, wake up, sir. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. What did I do? Oh, okay, I'll immediately dry clean those pants for you and put this right. Once well, what do you expect? What are you going to expect out of him if he wakes up? I would appreciate it if the f- flight crew would perhaps bring me a blanket. I'll strip naked under it. They will take my clothing to uh, the bathroom, squeegee it out with warm or squash it out with warm water, <laughs> wash it out, dry it. Heat it over their little coffee heater and bring me my clothes back. Or you crawl up on top of him and drop a deuce while he's asleep. <laughs> Take that! That's the old, uh, bring a, if they yeah, bring exactly. a knife, we bring a gun. <laughs> the, the untouchable speech. That's the Newark way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, I'm going to take it up a notch. Yeah, exactly. What do you think of that? Let's hear our guest announcer for the day. <laughs> guest announcer for the day. And now. Final thoughts with Armstrong and Giddy. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Here's your host, Joe Getty. That lifted my spirits. Let's get a final thought from everybody. Marshall Phillips, your final thoughts. Earlier this morning, Jack Armstrong broke the news that next week we're all going to be saying goodbye to my Armstrong and Getty show sports-related hernias and start gearing up once again for the 10 Push-Up Challenge. Fantastic. That's exciting. Michelangelo, your final thought? Uh, yeah, just so you know that if you come to my house for Halloween, I will not give out candy corn. I give out gardening gloves. Hey, something useful. 
Something useful. <laughs> Gardening gloves in child <laughs> sizes. Hey, uh, Positive Sean, final thoughts? Yeah, this is a, a battle for myself every day, so I'm not lecturing from some sort of high horse, but exercise is not an option. You can't let your body know it's dying. You, you just got to do something. Just do a little bit. It's all it takes. I wish you'd say that to me every day to remind me. Jack, your final thought? Happy birthday to Milo Yiannopoulos, who is 32 years old today. Oh, geez, we talked earlier about Zuckerberg's yep. 33, Milo's 32. Well, I was doing eyes in my early 30s. Eh, it's not a pretty sight. Um, <laughs> read some Milo Yiannopoulos if you never have. Uh, any other things going around him aside, his talk on free speech and freedom is good. Really good stuff. And he's not a lot of the things you've heard he is. It's just people throwing around epithets. Speaking of throwing around epithets, I might throw around an epithet at a guy who urinated on me. Back to this story. Once the plane landed in Newark Liberty International, law enforcement was there to intervene. The drunk passenger said he had, quote, no recollection of the events on the flight, only remembers being in a bar at LAX. Wow. Last thing he remembers is being in the bar. How do he find his flight? Uh, I don't know. You know, it takes a while for alcohol to hit you, Jack. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. That's not a good story. Do we have an age on this person? Uh-uh. Picture? Uh-uh. Just kind of like to picture the sort of guy that would do that to me. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. The show's over. What? Bye-bye. It, it turns out that's not enough. It's a start, but it's not enough. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.